there are more Kirkland signature clubs than Costco clubs. Oh my God. Just take your money, burn it. Are you custom made, custom paid, or are you just custom fitted? Welcome to another Fits with the Founder. I'm your founder, Nick. I'm here with Cassie as always. Yep. So uh, the big talk of the week is SWAS. SWAS. <laughs> Let's talk about SWAS. Okay, if we must. <laughs> Lucas Glover oh. had the most unbelievable SWAS I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was. It looked uncomfortable. Uh, he owned it. He could have changed clothes <laughs> at any point because... There's plenty of PGA Tour players that change clothes at like nine or stuff in those situations. He decided to own his swass. I mean, good for him. I wonder what his wife thinks about that. I hope she doesn't think about it at all. Well, you know, they had an issue back in the day. Do you remember this? No. So she wasn't there last week when he won, Mm -hmm. but his family, the rest of the family was. Same thing this week, but... I think she beat the shit out of him or something like five years ago. They had like a domestic dispute. Did not know that Because this. he was playing so poorly and she like beat him up or something. I mean. But they're still married. <laughs> but I wonder how she goes, oh, listen, you've won twice in two weeks, but that swass needs to be dealt with. Maybe. Maybe she lays down the law. I don't know. I My don't... wife would probably be like, what are you doing walking around watching <laughs> having millions of people? Have you just have the most monster swass? I mean, it was like dripping down his legs. I don't know. It goes to a bigger, it goes to a bigger discussion of shorts on the PGA tour. Which Paige Sporanic had some thoughts on this. I saw that she did. Me and some buddies were texting about it on Sunday as we were watching swass man walk across, walk around. Um, (laughs) I think you need to do shorts. Uh, when I'm it's a 97 degrees outside in Memphis. Yeah. I'm a traditionalist and, uh, I, I didn't think I would get there, but after watching that man and like him dipping his hands in the cooler and like, which I get because yeah, like, your hands if get you sweaty. get your hands nice and cold, that helps keep the rest of you cold. So like, yeah. I get it, but I'm like, man, this man needs shorts. Poor Lucas Glover. I mean, this dude, so I, I, I didn't know about the domestic violence and obviously don't condone that or whatever, but he's had a wild ride on the tour. Like he's 43 years old and he now- He's a major champion, he's people He's a forget. major, it was like 10 years ago, that's yeah, why. Yeah, it was like 11 or something. Yeah, so that's that. And then, but he now has more wins in his 40s than he did in his 20s, which right. is wild. So, yeah, mostly just due to the fact that he's putting unbelievable. Yeah, no, it, well, okay, I hate watching him putt though because it's that bullshit Adam Scott. Like, I'm not anchoring, but I sort of am with my thumb. Like, I hate that. It doesn't bother me. In fact, it, it kind of intrigues me and want to try it. I don't think it would work for me, and I don't yeah. think putting's really my Achilles as much as some other parts of my game. But it is interesting to see this guy just go on a tear. Yeah, and he's I'm now, interested to see what he does at Olympia this week, which is in our backyard. It's in our backyard. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. But he is now fourth in the the rankings for the FedEx Cup, but he was 130th two weeks ago. So two back-to-back wins is fucking huge. Oh, no, big time. Yeah. And it was like almost $5 million in earnings. Good for him. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, so BMW, you just mentioned it. It's going to be Olympia Fields, which for those of you who don't know, we film in like the Chicagoland area. That's very close to us. Cantlay, who just lost to Glover this week, he's going to be looking for his third straight BMW title. Yeah, I don't think he gets it. I don't think he does either. He played well Sunday. That was about the only day he played really well. And I was shocked at what he did on the playoff hole. I couldn't believe he put it in the water. I mean, um, yeah. but I, I don't know. Olympia just doesn't like he's won two BMWs, but I don't think either one of them at Olympia and Olympia is just a little bit more of a longer golf course, bigger golf course. I'm not sure it plays into Cantalay's strength. Uh, I think that's fair. I can see Rory playing well this week. So my only argument is they're playing on the North course. It's only a par 70. So like, I don't. I don't know. Maybe can't leave. Still be a okay. pretty tough golf course. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. Now we've had a lot of rain for folks that don't know. 
uh, and this will come out Friday, the tournament, you're probably going to see a fairly wet golf course yeah. because we've had a ton of rain, which is going to make it a lot easier. Yeah. If had they had what we've had like in June and July, which is no rain, you know, no rain and everything was playing hard, firm and fast. That course would be way tough. My sod was dying yeah. for most of the summer. So it's going to be interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to watch it. Um, I have a little inside the next podcast. You're going to, you know, Cassie's going to be out of town. So I'm going to do it with one of my partners, Joe Lee. And uh, he is a member at Olympia Fields. Oh, so you guys and, have like the insider. Uh, I met him on Olympia Fields. Club champion wouldn't be a thing without Olympia Fields. Oh. That being said, I hate Olympia Fields. Oh, my God. And I might have to join there eventually because I do live close to there now. And I don't really like anything else in there. And as my kids get older, I might need to join there. But I'm not a huge fan of the golf course. Oh. I actually, they have a south course there. That's why they call it. They actually used to have four 18s there. Oh. Now they're down to two. Okay. Which they haven't had the other two for 50 years or whatever it is. But long story short, used to people used to come out of the city on the train. That's the only way you could do it. There's actually an Olympic field stop. The stops there. It was actually just mostly a golf community at one point. Mm. And then as the, the world crept in on them, things disappeared. But they have a south course there. I actually like the south course better. Interesting. Okay. So R. Kelly lives off, used to live off. That's where he peed on people. I was say R. Kelly don't live nowhere, but no, prison right he now. lives in prison now, <laughs> but he used to pee on people off like the 13th hole of Olympia South. It's a very specific landmark. I just think it's funny to say that, even though it's sad. Yikes. Whoa, my mic. Oh, just, Nick's mic is like, I'm done with this R. Kelly. Yeah, talk. I'm, I'm done with R. Kelly sock. Um, okay. Well, that's the BMW. So you guys will have a, a, a lively conversation next time. I'm sure. What is it? We got the top 50 goes down to no cut this week. And mm-hmm. then the following week we go to East Lake in Atlanta. Or is it, they take a week off before that. No, I think no, they I think go right back there. Back. Yeah. I yeah. Think so. And then it's the 30 and it's the winner. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see who wins the FedEx cup this year. I'm more interested in the Reiner cup, but that's just me. Uh, we'll see what, we might have some news on that next time we talk to you guys. Yeah. Well. I, I'm not interested in the Ryder cup until I see how these teams are going to shake out. Just oh. due to the fact with live and stuff. Yeah. That's a whole like, thing. I just, I, I'm concerned about teams specifically yeah. the Europeans. Um, yeah, no, I think that's fair. I'm, I might actually be more concerned about the Americans because some of the best, like, like Bryson should be on the team and he's not going to be probably. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. It's going to be tough. It's going to be interesting to see how they, they navigate those waters. I'm okay with them not being. Cause everybody's like, though. well now Lucas Glover should be on the team. Maybe. Should I don't he? know. I, uh, I, I want to see how he plays the next two weeks. Yeah. We'll see. And then I'll, I'll make an opinion on that till then. <laughs> It could just be fire, you know, lightning in a bottle. Switzerland. You're Switzerland until then. So you you mentioned Liv, so we can jump to that. So Phil um, had a really bad, no good, very bad 18th hole. <laughs> yeah, he had a bad hole, which is uncharacteristic for him. Quintuple bogey. Yeah. Two water balls, my guy. Yeah, that's uh, that's What a not, par three. Yeah, it's, it, that's an interesting one from Phil. Not something you typically see him do. But that got overshadowed by his gambling stuff. A hundred million dollars. Literally a hundred million dollars is what I actually so so Lanny Watkins came out and said, you know, like he's the most despicable person on the planet or something like that, all this stuff. And I'm like, who cares about his gambling? He gambled for 30 years. Yeah. You never really you kind of always knew it was happening. Guys like Jordan did this. Everybody, I mean, he is not the only one to do this. I really don't think, hey, it's his money. He can do what he wants with it. I don't really see how he hurt anybody with this. So the only, I, I agree with you. I think to call somebody despicable because they're a gambler, like there are so, there's like rapists and murderers in this world. Like yeah, Phil let's, was let's doing, worry about yeah, them, let's not chill the gamblers. on the fucking gambling. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, um, one of the things that came out, and I understand why people in the golf community, just because golf is the way that it is, and we're, we're a little bit uppity, but we're all, it's like the gentleman's game, that kind of thing. 
Gambling's been a part of golf forever. It, it has, but one of the things you know that I came hate? out. Here's what I'll tell you. Oh boy. Because maybe you don't, it, this is a world that I live in sometimes. You go to these like really uppity clubs. I call them snobatoriums. Yes, okay. Yeah. And although <laughs> I'm a member of clubs, I don't like snobatoriums. Yeah. And I make fun of them. And I get the tradition and I'm a traditionalist kind of guy, but then there's some that just go too far with it. Right. Sure. We have to evolve. I don't want to go zero to 60, but we have to evolve a little bit. There's still a lot of clubs where the only gambling game you're technically allowed to play is a dollar a nine. Yeah, I don't like that. And it's like, okay, so $3, it's basically a dollar front, dollar back, dollar total. I'm like, why? I don't think that should be a thing. But what I will say about the Phil thing is there, it wasn't just him gambling and throwing away money. He was asking other people to bet on events that he was in. So he asked somebody to bet basically $400,000 on the Ryder cup last year. That's it's like insider trade. It's illegal. Like what he's asking them to do. Is yeah, illegal. I guess. So whatever. That's I, the only- it's not, by the way, it's not illegal. It's just le- illegal by the PGA tour standards. Okay. But like there's rules only for because reason. I have to do, cause I have a, a tour thing over there that I've never used. He's, I, I have tour status every year. He's pointing to his Yeah. I got tour status every year that I never use just to go out there and they make me do the gambling stuff. Technically I'm not allowed to gamble on golf. Yeah. And I'm just a vendor. Yeah. I, I, it's stupid. I get that that's crossing a line. Like, listen, here's the deal. If if he openly goes out and tanks it to win a bet, that's up to the bookie who took the bet. Yeah. Not not him. I think it's, I don't know. I have a, that's a gray area for me because it's semantics. It's also like, even if it's shitty, which it, I think it is, even if it is like, it's still not despicable. Like yeah, there's it's, a line. It's, right. I, I don't know. I just. Yeah. But a hundred million dollars in debt for gambling, but like his money. So whatever, I guess. But still no one's holding a tag day for Phil. He's doing just fine. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and if he wants to gamble a little bit, he wants to gamble and he still gambles. I mean, if you saw the interaction with uh, what last week, was it this past term of the term before? Before he talked to um, Bryson, they were playing a, a match for mm-hmm. nine holes for a thousand bucks. Yeah, which is like nothing for that. Yeah. That's chump change. But Phil's out here. I, I, I don't know. Phil's being Phil. You know what? Phil does a good job. I think Phil owns the internet in a way. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> he knows how to put his name in front of everything. He sure does. For better or for worse. <laughs> yeah, for better. Well, he, I think for him, relevancy is relevancy. And he's, he's 50 wrong. years old. Mm-hmm. Well, shit. He's he over be, 50. Yeah, he might be 51 now. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, how many guys at 51 are still as relevant as he was? I agree. Yeah. 100%. He's still playing. He's not playing senior tour, really. I mean, he played a couple events, I think. Well, he's not welcome there now. Well, that's true. He's not welcome (laughs) there now. He's not welcome. But my point is, is like, even when he was, I think his first year, he might be 52, actually. Yeah, he's over 50. Yeah, he might be 52 now. So, you know, that first year he played a couple events in the senior tour, and, you know, whatever, he was going to fall out of relevancy, and now he's right back there. Um, switching into LPGA news, something that's a little more fun. So Lilia Vu uh, is taking the top spot in the Rolex, Rolex, Rolex women's world golf rankings. You're not going to get a sponsorship from Rolex. Rolex. I'm yeah. sure there's some fake version of Rolex out there that has an A in it. So yeah, it's the, it's <laughs> the, find a way. It's the New York street one. Yeah, exactly. Well, they like open their you coat. buy for 30 bucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So after, um, after this week, so she won her second major of 2023 and actually her third tournament. Now she is number one and that bumps Nellie Corda down to number two. And that's the first time in history that the top two spots are Americans. It's always interesting to me. Like the, the women are so much more volatile than the men Yeah, in the sense that you get somebody that goes on like a year streak and you're like, this is going to be the next Tiger Woods. And then you and never then, hear from them again. Yeah, and then they kind of go. And I get to an extent, like a lot of them, like once they get to their thirties and stuff, they want to start a family and things like that. Sure. 
And so I get it's a little different than the guys to a degree on that. And and that's changing even too. Mm -hmm. But um, it just seems odd that like their, their longevity just doesn't seem to be there. I agree. And I mean, even the names like Lexi who have been around forever and ever and ever, like there's a lot of ups and downs. But they love Lexi, but she's not like, if you were to look at stats, Mm -hmm. not the, you know, at the moment. Yeah. She's struggling a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, it's good news for Lilia. And then, you know, obviously the fact that we have two American players at the top of that, that's super interesting. Um, what else? You know what? I wanted to back a back up to live tour Uh because I think it's relevant for a club champion and relevant for our listeners. So I don't know if you guys saw this because we didn't really get to talk about it too much. But during the British Open on a Wednesday night, SST Pure, because we own SST Pure, but we run it as a completely separate company. But it's one of the things under my umbrella. And I have two gentlemen that are awesome and have been running it for 20 years. And they're great. And they got a call from Bryson panicking on Wednesday night saying, I can't trust my clubs. You know, I used to peer my clubs. Then I got on live tour. We don't have a peering machine on live tour because they don't really have a van in general. Yeah, Every tournament, no. they hire somebody to come out and do little knickknacky stuff, but that's it. Otherwise these guys are a little bit on their own for equipment. And so he goes, I, I think my clubs need to be peered. So he plays the Thursday round. We get him in touch with a licensee called Scottsdale Golf in in um, Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Would have loved to have sent him to a club champion, but we didn't have a club champion in Liverpool yeah, yet. Not <laughs> so, yet. <laughs> uh, but we did have a licensee in Liverpool. So we sent him to the, the licensee and they tore bought all his clubs, peered them, put them back together. That was it. That's what they did. Played the weekend, played great. They go to the next live tour event and he shoots 58. Yeah. And he has been gracious about like saying how much peering has been. There's been a bunch of articles written on yeah. it. He shared a bunch of stuff. Long story short, peering matters. Peering matters. On that note, do you think it's less impressive that he shot a 58 on a par 70 than a par 72? Um, Yes. You think it's less impressive? Okay. I do. So that's the um, argument. I would put right? it, but here's the thing. A 50 is a 50. So Agreed. I would say that that was like, I, I don't know if I... I put him in the 59 club, not the 58 club. That's how my head sees it. Because of the yardage of the course or because it was basically an exhibition match? <laughs> well, no, I, I mean, listen, it's, I mean, these, these tournaments are real. I mean, they're playing like some of the best players in the world right now. When you look at, when you look at ranking and scoring average, I mean, these guys are playing like top golf, like they are, live. but it's one less day. So like, they're not as tired when they get to Sunday. I guess that, I mean, sure. But I guess my point would be to this is a 58 is a 58. Sure. I'm not going to take it away from them. Do I categorize it in my head as a 58? Nah, I probably categorize it as a 59. Still sub 60. I call it a sub 60. I mean, it was an unbelievable. Yeah. And to be honest that with That last putt was crazy. Yeah. And I, if you watched any of it and I didn't, I just watched all the highlights and about every highlight. He left a couple out there too. Sure. I mean, he played good. And I mean, I'm just going to, here's what I'm going to say. Peering. Is what did it <laughs> back back to fearing? Yeah, I just I, I it, it, the story writes itself. First of all, the British Open was won by a longtime peering person, Brian mm-hmm. Harmon. He put he actually leaves our sticker on there, which most of them take it off because they hate it. Um, <laughs> they don't want stickers on their shafts, and so that was a great win. And then to have the whole Bryson, you know, have is like, why did I go away from peering? Here's another great story. Bryson called us after the British Open. He goes, okay, the last three days I trusted my clubs. They felt so much better. I want to buy a peering machine. The dude just wanted to straight buy his own peering machine to have at his house. That checks out. 
Yeah, it does check out. We sold them. That's a little ridiculous, and yeah, we're not going like to do chill, that. Homie. Yeah, you have access not, to it everywhere you go. They're not cheap, and they're not easy to make. And you know, we don't really have an inventory of them. So I was like, uh, I told the guys, I'm like, yeah, we're not going to do that, but we can come up with ways to work around to get Bryce and his stuff beard whenever yeah. he needs it. And we did. We came up with a way, and he's happy with it. But uh, and you know, hopefully with the PGA Tour and everything mixed. You know, well, however that's going to work, which I can't wait to hear. Uh, maybe, you know, we'll have a, a machine around him more often. Again. Yeah, that'll be good. Speaking of equipment news. So we've kind of talked about this before, but it's officially hit the the conforming list. There are more Kirkland signature clubs. Garbage. Costco clubs. Oh, Garbage. my Just God. take your money, burn it, flush it down the toilet, do whatever you want with so it. So for our listeners who don't know. <laughs> Um, Chinese catalog golf clubs is oh, what I call them. Oh my God. Oh. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Like that's not a bad thing to say. So I'll give you the background story. So all these foundries overseas make all the stuff that you and I play every day. Some mm-hmm. of the best stuff in the world. Most of these companies don't have their own foundries, but what they do do is they do all their own. Like you go to TaylorMade, you go to Titleist, you go to Callaway, you go to any of them. They have 50 engineers working on this stuff day in, day out, you know, working on R&D, trying to come up with the best stuff, using the best, you know, AI, everything to come up with product that perform. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then they'll go to these foundries and go, okay, this is our recipe. We need you to make it right. And that's, that's how the world works. So what happens is, is these foundries, because they are foundries at the end of the day, they're just hired to make rest, you know, cakes based off the recipe they're, they're given, have their own, uh, equipment, some of it, which looks very similar to some of the equipment that they might be making for other people. Yeah, because they see the design. So they basically have this catalog and you can just take, you can go, okay, I want that. Make this small tweak, this small tweak and put my name on it. You know, Kirkland Golf Clubs. Mm-hmm. There's no R&D. There's no <laughs> nothing. It's just a price point. But that's why the driver is $199. Exactly. It's just a price point. That's <laughs> so. my point is people get excited about this Kirkland stuff. And I think they did a great job early on because their first time they did golf balls. Remember that? Yeah. Everybody went off. Lost nuts. their shit. Well, because they did the Kirkland play, which is they went to a European ball maker that was like the biggest ball maker outside of Titleist at the time who had an overrun. They mm. bought the overrun put Kirkland on it. And then you got a premium golf ball for a great price because they need to burn the inventory. Well, since then that has not been the case. Right. They, they go out and they catalog golf clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, at the end of the day, it, to me, it's like, I don't know. Do you see these kids wearing like Kirkland hoodies and yes. Kirkland? What, what, what? No. <laughs> it, it, sure. Okay. I guess hey, it, it's all in the eyes of the beholder. If you're willing to pay for it and you can buy, sell it, I get it. I don't get it. But I also wouldn't, this is coming down to performance. I'm in performance golf clubs. That's what I do. I wouldn't be caught dead with any of this stuff in my bag because unless you're just a startup golfer, like beginner, beginner, yeah. this is garbage. Well, $4.99 for a whole set of irons is kind of hard to argue with. So we'll see. Yeah. I think I'm going to send, if, if we can find some here in the States, I'm going to send them up to Ian so that the content team can do some testing and prove you right. So yeah, they'll, they'll find out. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I mean, Kirkland's comment it's on the conforming list now. So whatever. That's really it for, for this week, these last couple of weeks on tour and in golf news. So what do we have for a club champion update? Uh, not a lot in the demo selection. Obviously the T100 Sarah, the T T100 T series from Titleist has been awesome. The, um, the amount of feedback we've been getting from fitters, let alone, you know, I still do sell clubs and do fittings and, uh, the numbers I've seen have been awesome. So that's sweet. The Taylor made 790 and MG four wedges are at the stores. I just did a fitting, what was it a week ago? Thir- no, last Thursday. 
And we tried every head on the wall in that 790 was a rocket ship for this. Yeah, it was really good. And he loved the way they kind of made it like cleaner looking, but not forgiveness and speed wise. And it's really good. So that's another good one to watch. In the coming weeks, we'll have the new Cal Callaway's getting me a little screwed up because they're doing things a little weird. So the Apex and Apex DCB are still in the line. We'll stay in the line until 2024 at some point. But they did launch and or are launching, I should say, and we'll have demos in the store soon. And the technical launch, I believe, September sometime. But it's a, it's going to be a pre-sale here for the rest of the until then. Uh, they have an Apex Pro, an Apex CB, and an Apex MB. So kind of like their better player irons coming out. So those will be hitting the store. Probably by the time we do this next one, I'll be like, these are in the stores. Sure. Yeah. Other than that, not a whole lot of news. Oh, we'll also have the next time we talk, we'll have two new stores open. Woohoo! One in Mississippi and one in Massachusetts. No, Alabama, Massachusetts. Al- Alabama, yeah. Massachusetts. I think yes. Mississippi's coming later this year, though. I it think is. Right. Yeah. It is. Uh, I'm getting it confused. So we'll, we'll announce that on the next show um, that we'll have those two open because they they're opening next week. Yeah. The only other news we really have for Club Champion is we were recently named to the Inc. 5000 list of fastest growing companies. So that's super exciting. You guys will see a press release out there. It might already be out there. Um, I think it hit today. Some people sent it to me. Yeah. Um, that's funny that they see Club Champion and send it to you like you don't already know. <laughs> well, I actually didn't know that that was coming. Oh, okay. They were like, oh, this. I saw your press release. I'm like, oh, interesting. Sure. Yeah. yeah. If you say so. Um, but that, that's super interesting. Obviously, that's a that's a nice honor to be recognized as just the fa- fastest growing company. Yeah, even I don't even know what Inc. 5000 is or any of that. Um, it's just a business list to acknowledge okay. like business growth. Not, I like not anything golf that specific. we get listed in. So I'll just go with that. Yeah, that's fair. We like yeah. our accolades. It's cool. Um, all right, let's dive into some yays and nays. This week's episode is brought to you by our friends at UST Mamiya. The new Link M40X from UST Mamiya is the hottest new shaft on tour. With multiple tour wins, players are putting the Link in play for its unrivaled distance, accuracy, and feel. The Link M40X is available in three launch and spin profiles to optimize any golfer's game. So book your club champion fitting today to see for yourself. This first one, I there's only one right answer, but yay or nay, peanut butter and banana sandwiches. Never had one. Are you fucking kidding me? No, never had one. So when I heard this story- What did you eat as I a child? This, when I heard this story, bologna and ketchup sandwiches. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had to move away from the mic because I was yeah. gagging a little. <laughs> so, so well, remember, I grew up in a small town of hillbillies. We Y'all had peanut butter and bananas in a small town. I don't know. I don't remember having bananas. Maybe we did. We had bologna and ketchup. <sighs> you know what the best thing was to do was take white rice, hot dog, slice it up, a little vinegar and a little ketchup, mix it all together. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm upset. <laughs> But no, so it's funny. I saw this story. This came from the whole um, Jordan, Spieth. Jordan Spieth thing. He shared a sandwich with, uh, with a patron uh, at the tournament this week. And apparently it was a peanut butter and banana sandwich. I said to myself, I've never had one. Okay, we're going to make one. Do you toast week. it? You can. His wasn't, but you can. Because if you toast it, it gets kind of soggy. I don't, think I, would, I don't think I would like it if unless it was toasted. Do you like peanut butter sandwiches? I like peanut butter. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I've really ever eaten peanut butter sandwiches without like jelly on it. Well, the banana kind of acts as that because it's like sweet. Yeah. So it gives you, oh my God. Okay, it's maybe so I good. would like it. I don't know. It just never comes to mind to make a peanut butter and banana sandwich. <sighs> well, I'm a big yay, um, which is why I'm taking this I so could be personally. A yay. I could be a yay. I could be a nay. I don't know. We're going to have out. to make yeah. sandwiches. Um, it's also Tiger likes peanut butter and banana sandwiches. It's one of his favorite snacks on the course as well. Um, so huge yay. Super Wouldn't healthy. Would the banana get like when you're on the golf course, get like brown? 
No, because it's in the sandwich. So the brown comes from oxygen. So because it's in the sandwich, you're fine. And also like you're biting into it. You don't really see it. It's like when an avocado goes brown, it tastes the same. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I'm just, well, it's more of a texture thing than a flavor. Thing. It's mushy. Cause it gets, cause you yeah, like, I don't like it. mushy. Oh, I don't, I don't I'm know. a huge texture freak by the way. Okay. Well, th- this so one like, I won't eat though. anything on a stick. Okay. okay. <laughs> I won't eat anything on a stick. I won't. Corn dogs got to take them off the stick. What? But I won't. I, I refuse what? to eat a popsicle that's on a stick. And if you, even when you take the stick out, it bothers me because I feel like I can still taste the stick. How do you eat a popsicle? Same thing with the pencils. Stick? Growing up, I didn't like certain textures of pencils. I actually get that. Yeah. I do. I genuinely get that. Yeah. But how do you eat a popsicle without a stick? It's gross. All right, we're learning things about Nick today, y'all. Yeah. Um. Next one. Yay or nay, porta potties on every hole. Um, where, what's the context? Of so this? John Rom was like popping oh. off in a. <laughs> well, it doesn't he have like um, irritable bowel or something it, he, or Crohn's? He's or, got something where he has yeah. to go to the bathroom frequently, but that, I don't think that's necessarily what he meant. But he was basically just being like, I can't control when I have to pee. So I don't understand why I have to wait until the turn. And so he popped off about it. And the reason this is news isn't so much because he said that it's because Phil Mickelson tweeted and was like, it's never going to happen unless live golf does it first. Cause then the PGA tour will do it. So here's the deal. Uh, I like to be able to go to the John when I need to go to the John. So you're a yay? Yeah, I don't want to hold it. Like, one of the best well, parts of being at horses. an all men's club is I can literally just pee on the Correct. green if I want to. Yeah, gross. I don't have to worry about anything. Gross. Yeah. Hate it. So my my point is, is like, oh, like, what did I do? Oh, I played in an event with a customer on Friday. It was oh, like this Are you about member- to tell us where you peed? It was like, no, it was like this member guest. Because it's a family club and- there's homes and stuff around it. Like when I had to pee, cause we played three nines. So, you know, occasionally just creep up on you. Yeah. I'm like, I have to go find a place to pee. I had to think about it. I don't want to have to think about it. everybody pees. Everybody poops. Okay. So people pooping and peeing don't bother me. Okay. That's fair. But like, I, I just, I, I, I don't like to have to look. So a uh, porta john in every hole would be nice. I just don't want to come around like a dog leg left. I just like, don't that guy has it. his pants down. Like, I don't want to see it. <laughs> then look away. I, I okay. <laughs> if we use that argument, there's a lot of shit happening in public yeah. that we could just look away from. But here's the thing: if we're going to do porta johns, we got to find a way to do it classy, so they don't, you know, lay. You want like camouflage like, porta bodies? That'd yeah. be kind of cool, actually. Maybe like you know, it looks like a tree. Oh, but it's like a big base of a tree, and you go in it like you're an elf. Actually, that'd be kind of cool. I don't hate that. That's actually yeah. kind of fun. Um, I'm a yay. I don't have. I, yeah. I'm not as worried about it being like classy or not classy. I I'm with you though, where it's like if you gotta pee, you gotta pee. Like, and I'd rather yeah. somebody do it in a porta potty than on the side of the green. Like, I don't want to play golf and be uncomfortable. That's, that's fair. Point. Well, don't play golf in this weather then, because it's sweaty, sweaty, uh, sweaty. Yay or nay? Uh, golf or driving ranges inside of a dome? So, uh, yay. Okay. Uh, I'm a yay. I grew. You know, I guess I shouldn't say I didn't start playing golf till I was a freshman in high school, but. Um, in, in high school, I mean, we've lived in the dome in the winter because yeah. you have to. In Northern Which one did markets. you guys go to? Uh, we either went to the one links and tees in Addison or we'd go to the Bensonville one. Okay. Cause there's one in Frankfurt now too, for all the people listening to this oh, You're from there? the Chicago area. Yeah. No, I, I don't. Uh, so anyway, we go, I, I mean, you have to go to them. They are getting more advanced. Like they have the one here now that's closer, which wasn't there when I was in high school, the Dicka dome. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not called the Dicka dome anymore. Now it's called, um, Miss Wood or whatever, but they have that top tracer golf in there. Yeah. So you can actually like play a course and do stuff. So that's pretty cool. I actually have not gone gone over there and done that, but I oh. know a ton of people that have. 
Um, and they say it's pretty cool. So I need to get over there and do it. I just don't live in that area as sure. much anymore, but yeah, I'm a big fan. Listen, you got to play golf. Um, in the winter we have to play golf. Now I'm lucky. I have a sim at home. I think a lot of people have sims. There's a ton of sim places now. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure the dome is, is fun as it used to be with all these interactive indoor golf places. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm still a Good. Uh, I guess I'm a yay. I've never gone to the one that's out by us, but I, I like the idea of playing essentially sim golf, but still being able to see the ball flight, which is effectively what this is, right? So, yeah, but you only get to see like 80 yards or 100. Some people like that. Yeah, but I mean, other than my drive, I very rarely need to see more than that. Okay. So, um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm a yay. I think it's fun, especially in this um, this region where it's like you snow six months out of the year. Well, right. You <laughs> so. got to have something. Exactly. This is not a golf question, but I am curious on your take. Uh, yay or nay, alcoholic coffee. I don't even know. Like, what does that mean? So Dunkin' Donuts is coming out with oh. alcoholic cans of coffee. Well, I saw that they were coming out with um, iced teas. So also iced teas. But By the way, Twisted Tea, Lipton has one now. Ooh. Those are awesome. Yeah, I like Twisted Tea too. I don't really yeah. drink, but if you're going to make me drink, it's got to taste like not alcohol. So those are good. But uh, so Duncan has these, they're like 6% they're alcohol for these coffee drinks that they're coming out with. So um, I, I am a Bailey's coffee guy. Okay. So like if I'm um, out to dinner, nicer dinner, or, you know, maybe we're at the farm and it's you know, a late evening and I, I just want a cocktail. I love coffee. Mm-hmm. So drinking a jake he literally has a now. huge yeti so mug. i would say like you know I'll, I'll make a cup of coffee and put a little bailey's in there mm-hmm. um I, there's an occasional time i'll go to the club and instead of getting like a screwdriver in the morning i'll i'll take a little jameson and pour it in the coffee okay make yourself a little irish coffee but would you have like canned alcohol i don't think coffee? so okay that's what i'm trying to think of yeah i think if it was canned that first of all i'm not a huge cold coffee person okay yeah, these are iced coffees. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a huge iced coffee. Not that I hate it. I'm just not. So I'm, I'm going to put a, a meh. Meh. Okay. Yeah. I'm a nay because I don't drink coffee and I'm not really an alcohol drinker anyway. But I also think that this is very reminiscent of Four Loco, where you're like, it's an energy no, drink, but it's Four also got Loco. alcohol in it. <laughs> Four Loco was a um, well, it's it's a lot better now. You can drink. a Why Four do you Loco. know that? Because you got you got to test what's out on the market. I when love, was the last time you had a I love trying different weird things. I really do. And it, my wife's the same way, although not really maybe on the alcohol front, but like foods and whatever. Sure. So like we'll occasionally go to a gas station or whatever. And we know we're going to have like people over a party. I'll see like some fun, weird, like alcoholic malt beverage. Yeah. And I'll buy one and then we'll just pour it. Like I won't drink the whole thing. But we'll all taste it and go, okay, that was like we tried one this weekend at the farm. I don't even remember what this thing was called, like juice or something. Uh, (laughs) It was disgusting. (laughs) We all took like one drink and then poured it out. We're like disgusting. But the original four locos could get you in trouble. They've toned uh it way down. And they could kill you. So there's that. That's kind of what this feels like to me because you've got an upper and a downer in the same can. It's like a Red Bull vodka. Like, stop. Like, stop. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, it's not my cup of tea. I'll taste them. Like I said, I mm-hmm. like tasting things just to see what they're like. Yeah. So there was another one we got this weekend. Um, Sunny D has a seltzer. Yeah, the vodka now. seltzer. Do you like it? Actually, it was pretty good. It tastes yeah. like a Sunny D. Did it? Like, I don't think I want to drink more than one or two of them. Like, I only drank one this weekend. But um, I was like, well, after I drank the one, I'm like, I maybe could drink a second, but I don't know if I could drink more than two. <laughs> They're just a little, they're a little too like, it tastes like Sunny D and it's a little too sweet for my liking. Sure. When I, I like more of a, 
know, I'm just more of a Miller like guy. So it's just yeah. whatever. But I like tasting these things. I thought the Sunny D thing was pretty good. That other thing we bought. <laughs> we went to the Renaissance Fair a couple weekends ago and their like featured drink was the Sunny D seltzer. I was like, this is not. Wow, that's interesting. It's not on theme. <laughs> I could, yeah, I couldn't imagine just like slamming those things. While you're walking around outside in like 90 degree weather in like a corset. No, no, it was not my jam. Um, But I do. The one that I do like because I'll occasionally have like a sip or something if we're having a party. They have hard Mountain Dew now. Yes, I've I've tested that. It's like zero. It's Those like are actually calories, not bad. Zero caffeine. They're they like taste like Mountain Dew. Yeah, they're not bad. They yeah. got the different flavors. Yeah, Baja yeah. Blast somebody is good. brought those to a party. The uh, maybe it was late last summer or whatever, but they brought a twelve pack with the variety pack, and we tested them. Those were pretty good. In fact, I forgot about them until you just said yeah, that. But you can get them anywhere. They're yeah. they're okay. Um, all right, and then lastly. <laughs> Yay or nay, the Mark Zuckerberg versus Elon Musk oh, cage I think this fight. This is awesome. I the hope cage they do. fight. I hope they do it. it, it listen, here's the deal. I, I hate, I like, I actually don't mind Elon. I think he's a crazy, like, yeah. I actually don't mind him. I know he gets a lot of hate, but I think he's down the road going to be just as big of a genius as anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Zuckerberg, I can't stand. I think Mark Zuckerberg smokes Elon because he actually trains. He does jujitsu, yeah. yeah. But I still think it'd be great. Oh, okay. I agree with you. So I, I'm going to give it a yay just because I think the spectacle of it is great. But I'm going to give it a nay in the sense of like just do your job and like be businessman. I know Elon. Elon's just doing it for content. And he knows he'll get his ass kicked. Correct. But he knows either way it's content crazy. But he's already made, he's like, oh, I've got to get surgery and oh this, oh that. Like he's already trying to make excuses because Mark Zuckerberg will kill him. So. Mm. Which shouldn't be the case because Mark Zuckerberg was a. If you say a so. A little puny guy. But I mean, he's won gold and silver in jujitsu stuff. So I don't know. Yeah, it, because we'll see. he's a billionaire. And now all he has to do is train. It's true. It's true. That's I'd probably be a hundred pounds less if I had, <laughs> if I had Mark Zuckerberg money in time. Yeah. More of the time than the money. Um, that, I don't know. I, it, we'll see if it happens. I doubt it, but I'll give it a yay for the sake of spectacle. So. Yeah. I think it'd be, listen, I, yeah. Yep. Awesome. All right. We have a few, I think these will be quick questions this week, but, um, the first one is why doesn't club champion fit for crank drivers? They're asking because Bryson just recently won. Yeah. He went to crank. Uh, crank's fine. Actually, we shouldn't even say that. I, I would say a quadrillion years ago when we were called EJL custom golf, we carried crank drivers for a while. Okay. Uh, crank has gone in and out of business a couple times. They're, they're, they're geared more of their stuff towards the long drive community. Mm-hmm. That's what their products are built for. So when you talk about bulge and roll, which has a lot to do with forgiveness, when you talk about, you know, their face, like how hot their face is, it's going to be, it's going to be geared more for the higher speed player. It's a, it's a, it's fine. It's a, it's, it's a fine product. I don't know much more than to say it's fine. Yeah. Um, or have an opinion yet bad or good. I, I know they spend some time on it more than a Kirkland golf club, <laughs> but I don't know if it's up to speed. I wouldn't call it up to par with your major OEM that has a ton of engineers because I'm guessing like crank was back in the day, it's still less a 10 person or less company. Probably. And, um, so I think it's an interesting product. It makes sense for Bryson. He wants like a six degree head. That's what they specialize in. He want he needs a super stout face. You know, he doesn't need all that bulge and roll and forgiveness. You know, he he wants more of the the knuckleball kind of ball going. So um, it, we could fit it. It just wouldn't fit that many golfers. Right. And I, I think that was going to be, be very answer, niche. Yeah. Um, You're going to get like one in every yeah, 2000 golfers that right. actually fits it. And so, you know, they've reached out from time to time over the years. And every time I look at it, it's just like, well, this is just such a niche thing where like, 
you'd have to have a certain club head speed player, certain kind of launch angle, certain everything. It's not really typically designed to be played everyday golf. Correct. It just worked out for Bryson. Right. But. Well, it does because Bryson's basically tried, as you know, he went and did the long drive thing. And so he's tried to kind of mesh long drive with golf to an extent. Mm-hmm. And so if you pay attention, he also has a burner. Uh, well, it's the burner, but I call it the mini driver. Yeah. And that's kind of like his pseudo real driver. Sure. And the crank is just as bombs away. Yeah. That's that par five where he has to get it all the way down there and yeah. doesn't care if it stays on online or not. <laughs> no, I mean, his, his whole mantra has always been, I'll, I'll, I'd rather hit it from a hundred yards in the rough than 150 in the fairway. Yeah, so, that's fair. It works which, for him. Yeah, I think it works for a lot of strong golfers. So I'm a huge, I'm, I'm a fan, whatever. All right. And then um, how do club champion builders adjust swing weight during a build? We don't. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> It's like you get our what you entire get. existence. Yeah. It's all we talk about all the time because it's also not the cheapest thing in the world to do what we do. We get asked about like, well, do you use lead tape or do you use tungsten we powder? We use a ton of different things. So it depends on the customer. It depends on the build. It depends on what the fitter and the customer decide. You could say all these things. Mm-hmm. We use tungsten in the glue sometimes, which I'm a huge fan of because it uh, you can always remove it. You can always add it. You can always, it forms to the shaft. It doesn't hurt. You know, people go, oh, doesn't that affect how the shaft forms? No, that what how the shaft's moving is happening way up there. If anything, it stabilizes the tip. Also, the results you saw in the bay came from our adapter, which is on the hosel. And so we're just replacing that weight in the golf club. Right. So ideally I like tungsten in the glue. I know we get some haters on that, but that's just because they're uneducated fools. So <laughs> um, if I got to educate them a little bit and brought them in here and showed them, they'd understand my point of view. But there's times where people want to do um, what we call a rack glue, which is just a substance you put yep. in the head. Most clubs or woods, I should say, come with that already in it. Mm-hmm. And the reason they do that is A, to fine tune the weight from the tolerances at the factory. But also there's just little like little, you know, crumbs that could come off from the manufacturing process. And that stuff just sticks in there and catches it so it doesn't rattle around in your head. Mm, okay. uh, we can add more of that. We have all the tools to do it at our facilities. Uh, the one thing I just always tell golfers is that can really change your center of gravity different than the fitting you had. Sure. And then number two, and this is the most prevalent one because we used to do just everything used to be hot melt. It changes the sound dramatically, which changes the feel. Yep. And so what would happen back in the day is during the fit, we'd use lead tape or weights or something. Then we'd go build the club. We'd use hot melt. And then we'd give the club and they'd go, this thing sounds dead. It feels dead. I'm like, no. And we put them on the launch monitor and the numbers would be perfect. They're like, but it feels, it sounds dead. Well, yeah, because if you add that stuff. And by the way, once it's in there, it's pretty much in there. Not coming out. There's some ways we can get it out, but it takes forever and it's not worth it. (laughs) But, you know, our main two ways, we also use lead tape and we also use manufacturer weights. Mm -hmm. So there's manufacturers that allow us to do weights, whether it's irons or woods. Not all of them, but some of them. And if we can, we use those a lot of times. So that's our defaults are the manufacturer weights. And then the tungsten and the glue, and then we go down if the customer requests it, lead tape or hot melt. Gotcha. Yeah. It was a good question. But swing weight is the most important part of the golf club to me, (laughs) by the way. I just want to hit this home. If you do not have your, if you go get a fit and hopefully you're getting that club champion and then you'll be, it'll be talked about nauseam. But if you go anywhere and get a fit and they do not mention club or swing weight, you should leave immediately. (laughs) And if they try to order you golf clubs and don't talk about swing weight, you should just burn. If you're going to do that, burn your money first or go get the proper because 
Listen, swing weight of the golf club at the end of the day has to match what you got fit to. And here's why. Imagine me having a, I'm a kid and I'm playing with a stick. Stick is very stiff, right? All of a sudden I see an apple on the ground. I poke the end of a stick into the apple and I pick up the stick with the apple at the end of it. What happened to my stick? It got looser, right? Same thing happens in golf equipment. So if you don't have the swing weight to the same weight as like, let's say I got fit for this shaft and this head but I didn't pay attention to the swing weight of the golf club. If I don't build it the exact same swing weight as the fitted golf club, it will never perform like the fitted golf club. Mm-hmm. It'll just, yeah, you'll have the right shaft in the right head, but it will not play like it did during the fit. And so swing weight is, and by the way, grip plays into that too. So you have to have the proper weight grip. And so at Club Champion, it's something we take very seriously. It's something we are very into. The people that hate on us for certain things we do are the same people that don't understand all these changes and what I just talked about. So let me tell you, there's a reason why on the PGA Tour, they constantly, you hear stories about them adding weight or changing grips or doing this and changing the weight because they understand the swing weight is one of the most important, if not the most important thing in a golf club. Yep. This is a good question. And then our fun question, rank your top three golf movies and tell us your least favorite golf movie. (laughs) We have, to be clear, it's anybody who's binging this podcast. We have talked about movies previously, but it's been like three years. I mean, I I, I love to put Caddyshack at number one because of its its timelessness. Oh, that's not my number one. But it's not my number one. But I just don't want to get like, okay, so I'm going to say this. Happy... Nick looks so conflicted, you guys. Yeah, it is, because <laughs> it's very close for me. So I'm going to say 10 Cup, Happy Gilmore, Caddyshack. That's going to be my top. Those are my exact top three. Okay. In, in, in my list, is it's tough for me to know one, two, or three. But if I were to look at it, if you were to tell me, hey, Nick, let's watch one of these three movies, I'd probably say let's watch 10 Cup first. Correct. I like Kevin Costner. I pretty much liked Kevin Costner and everything I've seen. I hear stories that he's an asshole. I'd eh, like to know so if that's true. So is Bill Murray, true. though. Yeah, I'd like to know if that's true or not, but I I like his stuff. Yeah. I also just like the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's unique and different. You know, Happy Gilmore just makes me laugh yeah. a lot. And I love Caddyshack, but it's just older, so yeah, it's just tougher. I don't mind the older thing. I love old movies, but from a rewatchability standpoint, Tin Cup and Happy Gilmore, I've watched a thousand times a piece. Anytime they're on Golf Channel, which is a lot, well, Tim Cup is a lot more than anything else, but I will stop and watch them because they're super amusing. Caddyshack is like, I can handle this once every five years. One time. Um, so that's that's my number three. But what's your least favorite golf movie? Because I have a definitive answer. Well, okay. So, by the way, Modern will mention will be the greatest game ever played. So that's four. also a good one for me, yeah. But I think the worst, what is, uh, I don't like Legend of Bagger. That's my least favorite. Yeah. What, what's the one, there's another, there's, there's a couple others that are less no name ones that I could easily throw under the bus better. Um, like, uh, what is it? Tommy something, Tommy. Oh, Tommy's game. Tommy's honor. Or Tom, is Tommy's honor. I think it's Tommy's honor. Don't you have a but see, that wasn't that? like a major blockbuster kind of thing. That was like a golf channel thing. It's Tommy's like that, honor. Yeah. What is it? Golf and utopia or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's another one. Seven days in utopia. Seven days. Those are more like, I call like not major blockbusters. They were like golf channel movies. Right. Yeah. So I feel like I can't use those, but I, I think I can. So I think if I can't use those, then it's legends of Bagger Vance, which is one of the bigger ones. And I like Will Smith. 
I like Will Smith and too. And I like Matt Damon. I'm And I want to say that I want to like that movie, but it trade. gets just a little slow. I I think it's so boring and I think yeah, it's Yeah, it gets a little slow. Uh, I do like Greatest Game Ever Played, though. And I, I literally just grabbed my phone to look up other golf movies to see That's if That's Shane ready. LaBeouf, but I love that, um, or LaBeouf. LaBeouf, LaBeouf, whatever. Is he still crazy? I, I, I don't know if I would say crazy. I used crazy. to like him. Um, he's, and he went crazy. Maybe I still like him, but I don't know because he went crazy. He's still doing his thing. We'll just put it that way. Uh, yeah, there's like other random ones. The uh, the one that I actually do like that I didn't rank and I should have is the caddy. Um, it's the Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis with Donna Reed, like from oh, 1953. That's super, yeah, that's but super. I, but I like that movie. Like it's kind of fun. I don't know that it's in my top three though. But like I, if you ask me to sit down and watch Legend of Bagger Vance right now, I'm leaving the room. Like I, I hate that. Yeah, movie. Yeah, I mean I'd watch it because that's like movies movies at school. You know, you just get the. I guess I'm at work right now. If you said, hey. I got to watch Legends of Bagger Vance for work. I'd, I'd sit here and watch it. I can think of like six of six different movies that I watched during school that I would rather watch <laughs> Legend of Bagger Vance, <laughs> including like To Kill a Mockingbird and like all that, that stuff. That was a movie? Yeah, Gregory Peck. Oh, I don't know. Oh, we, Nick. I don't know if we watched the movie. We definitely had to read the, the book. I just saw the stage show last weekend and it was phenomenal. Highly recommend if it comes to your town. Yeah. Well, you, won't, you won't catch me at a play. I We've talked about this. You yeah, hate Not culture. my thing. Yeah. But I don't even like you. I, I'm I don't even know if I'm a movie theater person anymore. Yeah. Well, we've talked about that. Every time I, I really ask like, you if you've seen really a movie, like, it's always I don't really no. like crowds or people. Yeah. But you, you can also, like, you probably have a screen at home that's big enough that you can just wait until it comes out on streaming. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I could watch it on my phone, too. Also true. I'm simple. You're not getting the, the full simple. Oppenheimer effect on your phone, though. I don't need a full Oppenheimer effect. I know that he created an atomic bomb, and I know we used it. Yeah. Uh, yes. The scene is pretty incredible though. <laughs> we never talked about the Barbenheimer thing, but I saw both of those movies and Oppenheimer was incredible. You know what uh, I finished watching last night? Painkiller on Netflix. Did, Did you, you like it? That? I thought it was pretty good. It's like Tom Hanks and who else is in it? No, no? not Tom Hanks. Um, Andrew, uh, no, uh, Broderick or whatever. What is his name? Um, oh, oh, the one that's married to Sarah Jessica Parker. The one that's yes. in theater. Um, um, Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick. Yeah. It's him. And I don't know any of the other people. Gotcha. Okay. But pretty good. And before that, I watched Twisted Metal. Yeah. Which if you're a video game Fun. person, which I'm not, but I was back then in the late 90s when that game came out. So I thought that series was pretty good, actually, too. I'm so proud of you for like watching new media. That's like not a thing I you am. Do. Well, it, there's just not a lot on right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, outside of watching Cubs baseball, which they're pretty freaking good right now. There's just I need to find things to watch. Yeah, that's fair. When I can't sleep. When you can't sleep, I can't watch TV at night. It'll keep me up because I'll watch. So I, TV. I'm a person that, and I've had this pretty much my whole life. TV on all night. Interesting. Yes. Now I turn it down, mm -hmm. so the volume comes way down. But me and my wife love having. We need the white noise. Gotcha. See, yeah. I have a sound machine for that exact reason. Yeah, that's fair. All well, right. Some nights we do call map. Call map. I like you the ever call map too. Listen to Matthew McConaughey sleep stories. Um, no. You guys want. <laughs> Hey, all right, you listeners all right, out there, right. sorry to keep rambling, but if you want to sleep like a like a baby, you get yourself some Matthew McConaughey sleep stories. He does have a good voice. Like yeah. I'm like making fun of him, but he has a great voice. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, that's all we have this time. Next time you'll hear from Nick and our uh, chairman of the board, Joe Lee, and also our friends from Flat Cat Grips. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Fits with the Founder. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to support our show. And if you want more equipment content, check out Club Champion Media on all of your favorite socials.